Now, Luke Valentine, it's time to educate you on how a real vampire does battle. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to Easy Anime. It's been a long time. We've yeah, had a, we've had a lot yeah. of things happen. Yeah, uh, cramming through into the year stuff, uh, doing break, all that sort of thing. But we're back. Uh, we've both watched Helsing Ultimate. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about what Helsing Ultimate is uh, to get started. But before that, I kind of want to contextualize uh, our experience with Helsing. Yeah. Uh, this is this is my first Helsing experience. This is like the only thing of Helsing that I've consumed is Helsing Ultimate. So I haven't read the manga. I did not watch the original uh, TV series. So that's kind of my perspective going into this. And Brad, I know you're a little bit more. Yeah, I watched the original TV series. I think it was 13 episodes. I'm dude. The original one's old. Now mm-hmm. I think about it. I remember mm-hmm. watching. I think I was in high school. So like 2002, 2003. I was watching it. Sure. Man, we're old now. Yeah. Damn. And so the thing with Helsing Ultimate. Uh, to kind of explain it for people, is the original TV series came out and the manga hadn't finished. And so they had this anime original antagonist uh, yes, uh, yes. that they ended up with. And it, it, it diverges from the manga, whereas Helsing Ultimate uh, tries to stay truer to the manga. And based on what I've I've read, it seems like they've done that pretty successfully. I haven't read the manga myself, mm-hmm. um, so I can't verify that. But my understanding is that they stick very close to the manga. So it's kind of like a, a Full Metal Alchemist, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Brotherhood situation. Situation. Um, and what's really interesting about Helsing Ultimate that I didn't know until after the fact, after I had finished watching, is Helsing Ultimate kind of released from 2006 to 2012, and it was worked on by three different studios. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Okay. So you're surprised by that. Yeah, you didn't know I didn't that. know it was three studios. Yeah, so so uh, State Light did episodes one through four, Madhouse did episodes five through seven, and uh, Grafinica and Kelmadic did eight through ten. I hope I got that last name right. Um, and what's amazing to me is the consistency in Through animation. That's why I was surprised. And just direction mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Uh, I don't think I would have picked up on that at all had I not read about it after the fact. But Helsing Ultimate, uh, Brad, if you were to sum up Helsing Ultimate succinctly, what would you say about it? Uh, ultra-violent vampire action. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the violence, I don't think, can be really be overstated. Uh, so we're going to talk about the fights more specifically. <laughs> but <laughs> the thing I want to say about the battles in Helsing Ultimate that I appreciated, I guess this kind of makes me sound like a psycho, but it seemed like every single fight they're like, all right, what's a new way that we can tear somebody up? Yes. <laughs> uh, like, what part of the body haven't we focused on before? Okay, we're going to we're gonna slowly or quickly just rip that to shreds. Yeah, they're like, oh, Alucard's got some new powers now. Let's, let's have him kill some guy with a new, unique way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> he does. Not only Alucard, but a bunch of other people yeah. uh, that we're going to get into. Um I think the thing about Helsing Ultimate is it's pretty... I don't want to say it's simplistic, but it, it, the, the general concept of it is fairly easy to understand. Uh, you've got this Helsing organization, and basically what they do, uh, the, the descendants of Van Helsing, they're trying to get rid of all supernatural forces that are threatening England. And that's their objective. And they end up going against Millennium, which is sort of the resurrection of the Nazis from World War II. (laughs) And uh, they get more... uh, Their reasons are further explained as the series goes along, but basically... What you're presented with initially is they love war. That's they like kill the main people. thing. Yeah. Yeah. The main. What was the main guy's name? It's been a, like a month and a half since the, I watched the leader it. of yeah. Millennium Major. The major. major. Yeah. yeah. That guy is just mm-hmm. like I love combat. I love death. I love violence. Right. Right. A very um, Joker esque figure. But I think yeah. what I like about the major so much is he has some of the most captivating speeches I think of the entire yeah, absolutely show. Uh, where he's just the the. So I watched this subbed. I don't know if you watched it subbed or dubbed. Yeah, subbed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was watching some clips of the dub mm-hmm. uh, through various points, and the dub seemed pretty solid as well, but I, I watched the episode subbed. And one of the high points of this show for me is the, the voice acting. Yeah, um, real good. On both sides, good and bad, and specifically talking about the major, just 
his maniacal mm-hmm. laugh, mm-hmm. his like, he just is seething evil. Yeah, um, you feel it through the performance for sure. Yeah, it's it's something it's something you feel. It's something that you sense. It's not. I think a lot of times with villains, it's like, okay, let me put on my evil voice, where it just kind of exudes uh, so naturally from this character that I like. Um, and so those are kind of the two forces going at it, where you have Helsing fighting against Millennium. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening pretty quickly and ends up being a bulk of the focus for Helsing Ultimate is Millennium comes and they invade and they basically just blow up England yeah, and London kill... London just, yeah. So many people. Yeah, London specifically. Thank you. They kill so many people. Um, But kind of going into that a little bit further, uh, there's other factions at play here, and namely the Vatican. Yeah, Uh, they always hate each other, the Vatican, the Protestants. Right, yeah. So you have Iscariot, and basically this is Iscariot group that's working under the Vatican. They also want to get rid of all supernatural forces mm-hmm. they 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 are weapons of god yeah uh paladins uh but they don't like helsing because helsing is a protestant organization yeah. and they, they're not into that and so they have sort of this rivalry this hatred filled rivalry yeah, with old, helsing. like old rivals definitely carrying on through generations mm-hmm. and make that very clear yeah um and I guess the last thing that I want to say about kind of this setup, talking about all these different sides, is about Alucard himself. Yeah. So you have this... Al- Alucard is the ultimate vampire, and he's sort of consumed all of these different souls throughout his very lengthy life. Like a million something, they said, or something like that? Yeah. They just, put a number on it in, at one point. Just this insane number of souls that he has inside of him uh, that he's consumed. And this gives him, like, unfathomable power. Yeah. Where so he's many times... So yeah, he is. He's he's very so very overpowered. He's very strong, um, and to the point where he's basically laughing at anybody that comes up against him. Time after time, he'll get like shot in the face, decapitated, just completely destroyed. Shrugs it off, ends up devouring uh, his enemies. Uh, but Alucard is in is in service to the Helsing organization. Yeah, uh, he he works for them. He is basically a slave to them. Yeah, he um, serves them, yeah. And that's that's going to be an important point that we're going to talk about later. But, yeah, I think, again, to boil it down, you have, you have Helsing, you have Millennium, you have this fight, violence, all of that stuff. But the thing I think I found frustrating about Helsing Ultimate, Brad, and I want to get your opinion on this, is for as simple as I think as it is to paint broad strokes about Helsing Ultimate, I think a lot of times when it came to filling in the details, I felt a little bit lost or it felt like weirdly rushed or poorly explained or underdeveloped. Uh, I could have gone for like a nice flashback episode about Alucard, like how he becomes in the service. Mm -hmm. They kind of show like brief flashes of him, him, like when he was Dracula pretty much. Yeah. Like losing to, I assume was a Helsing. I can't remember exactly who it was, but I could have gone for a little more depth. And when there's like the total character betrayal from the one character, uh, Alfred comes up a bad guy. Yeah, Walter. Walter, Walter yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, Walter. It's okay. Batman. You got, you got that Batman. Yeah, Walter is all of a sudden a bad guy and a kid. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Why are you like 10 years old now? Yeah, I think that moment specifically like, was the. That's when it goes off the rails the most. Yeah, that moment specifically when Walter is a child and Alucard is a child, it's like, okay, I have ideas about why this is <laughs> happening, they're but. Both kids. They're both kids and they're battling each other. <laughs> Uh, that was really bizarre. Also with Mina Harker, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of whole reveal at the end. Looking into it, there are things that I appreciated about it, and I there are some reveals in the last episode that I actually think are pretty well handled, namely with the Major mm-hmm. um, and what's going on with him. Uh, but let's get into character specifics here. Uh, let's let's start out on a bad note for me. Oh, okay. Uh, the character that I think I was most frustrated with in Helsing Ultimate was Sarah's Victoria. Oh, okay. Police girl. Police girl. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, as we described before, you've got Helsing, you've got Millennium, you've got uh, Iscariot. They're all fighting each other. Within Helsing, uh, the, the series starts off, episode one, uh, there's this town that's being attacked by a vampire and ghouls, servants of the vampire, mm-hmm. and the police come. They're obviously no match. And the priest ends up, Alucard and Helsing come, 
and they're they're fighting him and the priest vampire takes Ceres, this policewoman hostage and Alucard is like you know what I don't really care mm-hmm. and he shoots and kills he shoots through killing the priest vampire and uh like mortally wounding Ceres Victoria and he basically gives her an ultimatum and he says hey do you want to become a vampire or do you want to die and so Ceres becomes a vampire and I think Ceres the idea of Ceres is really good and I think an important point in the show like I can see where they're going with Ceres where it's like okay you have Alucard who is kind of already accumulated all of this power mm-hmm. um, let's have this entry point vampire to kind of give us an inside look into what it's like being a vampire how that ascension of power works um, something that we can kind of latch onto and a vehicle for understanding my problem with Ceres is they just straight up don't develop her for a long period of time. Uh, her struggling with being a vampire doesn't happen all that often. And when they do try to develop her character, it feels really awkward and arbitrary and not natural <laughs> at all. And so, well, there are things that I like about Ceres. Like, I think she's cute and fun, and I think some of the moments with her are good. She's got a cool gun. Yeah, and then when she's with the the mercenary uh Bernadotte, there are things that I like about that relationship, Mm -hmm. but overall, this was a character, I think, that really fell flat for me. Yeah, they kind of, like, set her up to be almost main character, it Mm -hmm. felt like, how they were setting up for the first uh, few episodes, and she just kind of fades into the background. Yeah. It's like, why? Yeah. um, Was there any moment specifically with her arc that you just were, like, really frustrated by, or a part that you surprisingly enjoyed? Um, I I liked when she just went ape shit in Helsing Manor at the end when mm-hmm. all the mercenaries were dying. That was awesome. She's like finally starting to use her vampire powers. But I just felt like she didn't. She I felt like she should have been with Alucard more, and they kind of should have had more with their relationship going on. I guess like the master pupil kind of thing. She just kind of like excelled really fast in some ways. I wish she struggled a little little more. Yeah. Um. There was kind of this sense that I got with Helsing Ultimate where there were a lot of times I just kind of wanted to accept this show as a hyper-violent, stylized, awesome action show Mm -hmm. and turn my brain off and enjoy it. And I think you can do that. I think the fights are so well done and the animation is so cool and a lot of the fights have so many creative elements to them. Like, there's, there's always a little bit of a twist um, and these fights kind of build and build and build and get more dramatic. Like, it's exciting to watch these different forces fight, but I think I could never completely shut off because there would always be these moments where it would try to develop the characters a little bit. And I think what ended up being so frustrating with me with Helsing Ultimate is there are times where that worked, and I'm like, oh, I just want more, and mm-hmm. I didn't feel satisfied. And then there were times where it didn't work at all, and I just felt frustrated. Yeah. I hear you, man. I hear you. I mean, the biggest thing for me in this series is the last arc just goes on real long. Mm -hmm. Just drags, I feel like. It doesn't need to be that long. Like, I know you and me talked about this earlier, like, a couple weeks ago, how we liked the first few episodes because it's kind of, like, jumping around a lot. Like, dealing with different situations, like those those vampires going around who, like, worship the devil, kind of stuff like that, killing us and people, and they're kind of dealing with that. Then Mm -hmm. it just kind of focuses into this overblown, insane a million people dying at all times for, like, the half of the series. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think you can kind of <clears throat> get attached to different directions that the series is going on and then feel a little bit bewildered when it deviates sharply from that. Yeah. Like, you start out, you're in this small town, and you have this budding relationship between uh, Ceres and Alucard. And then you have this kind of deviation where they're 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 attacking the Helsing Manor, and the that's Valentine fine. brothers, the Valentine brothers, right? Yeah. And then you go beyond that, and you've got a character that I loved, Rip Van Winkle. Which one was that again? Uh, so, working for Millennium, the the character that has the magic bullet. Oh yeah, her on the that, boat. That goes, yeah. yeah, that was cool. Yeah. And so Rip Van Winkle uh, is singing from this this uh, this story basically, and views herself as a character, Casper, from this story and views Alucard as sort of the antagonist of that story. And it's interesting. Uh, there's enough 
theming going on with Rip Van Winkle through kind of the the story that she's so infatuated with and the way that you see her interact with the crew members mm-hmm. and just the drawing of the the Nazi symbol on the boat. Like, I feel like they didn't sit there and give you exposition with Rim Van Winkle. They didn't go on and on and on, but they spent enough time to kind of establish this character yeah. and be like, this is who she is. This is this is kind of the vibe that she's giving off. And that confrontation between her and Alucard, Alucard coming in on a fucking plane (laughs) and just crashing down i was was so yeah i was so excited i was so into it i thought it was awesome and i wanted more of that like kind of this this rogues gallery of characters and i thought they would get progressively more interesting but they got progressively less interesting especially the last one yeah, because you, you go in and you have, like, these, these like, high-ranking Millennium characters. Yeah, got... it's like, who doesn't love, like, the, the high-ranking guys that you have to right. go through, like, the bosses? Right, and they set them up to, yeah. to, to be like that. And I just feel like they sort of implied traits about them, but they never went far enough with any of them. Like, you have the Captain, you've got the Doctor, you've got Zorn Blitz, and I just don't feel like any of them shone, for me, as brightly as Rip Van Winkle did. yeah. I feel like they gave her and, like, the Valentine brothers the most personality, kind of. Right, right. And, like, even that was, like, an episode, maybe, for mm-hmm. each. That's how much they got. I mean, these episodes are longer. They were, like, 40 minutes, most of them, which is nice, because they're kind of like mini-movies, but just a little more. Just yeah. a little more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, going back to Saris, the moment where I was most frustrated at the show is when they tried to talk about her past, um, where they're, her and uh, Bernadotte are fighting Zorn Blitz, this character that can create illusions and make you think that things things are happening. You're 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 attacking things. You're being hurt by things that aren't actually there. Yeah. Um, and also kind of delve into your past and terrorize you with your past. That's what this Zorn Blitz character can do. And uh, she goes into the mind of Ceres, and you learn that Ceres. Uh, was traumatized where basically these these guys come in kill her parents and then like rape her dead mother and it's this horrifying thing yeah. it should be it should be this this moment where you're like oh my god i didn't i didn't know that about sarah's that's awful that's tragic but it feels like it the way that it comes up and then the way that it is resolved afterward. It's just like this big moment that's kind of like hanging there. It doesn't feel like it's properly given the time that it needs to really breathe and have the impact that it's supposed to have. Mm-hmm. Um, it it just sort of happens. And I think that's a common theme that we've already said and I want to reiterate is there are so many moments uh, where I felt like things just sort of happened in Helsing Ultimate. Even with uh, Bernadette, where, with with his story about the history of the mercenaries, I thought that was better. Yeah. I thought that was uh, more effective than, than Sarah's yeah, backstory. I love the mercenaries. So cool. But again, it's he like... Was, dude, was he not a Metal Slug character? Yeah. All oh, I was yeah. thinking about, like, this guy needs to be a Metal Slug. Yeah. And... Why? So I have like the characters divided up between like who did I like, who didn't I like. Bernadotte is somebody that I ended up really liking a whole bunch mm-hmm. because he just kind of has this this swagger about him where like with a lot of these characters, with a lot of the Millennium characters, with with Ceres Victoria, it's like okay, not only do you not have enough going on personality wise, like your backstories aren't that interesting with. Bernadotte, I wanted to see more of him, but anytime that he was on screen, the things that he did were just so badass and awesome mm-hmm. and and fun to watch uh, that I wish more characters had the charm that he had. Yeah, for sure. Um, Super likable. Yeah, very likable indeed. Uh, I want to talk about Walter. Walter, yeah. Yeah, so the but- the butler. and the uh, that- What'd they call him? The Angel of Death? Yeah. I think that was his nickname. So- Oh, I love his weapon, too. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, so what is his weapon, Brad? So he pretty much has, like, um, strings that he, like, has between the arms and they cut people on him. Wrapping, like, strings around people, just pulling their heads off. Mm-hmm. Super cool, uh, pretty unique weapon. Not just another gun. Yeah. Um, the way that we kind of understand Walter at the beginning is that, uh, kind of like Alucard, he is a, a servant loyal of the Hel- subject. Yeah, yeah loyal, loyal subject of the Helsing organization. Uh, he is yes a butler, but also somebody that will defend Helsing uh, with 
his abilities with his weapons. Yeah. Um, they hype up that relationship in the past. When right. They fought in World War II. Right. Which is cool. I just wish we saw a little more. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so they do. They definitely imply, uh, well, not imply, they outright state yeah. that Helsing, or excuse me, Alucard and Walter um, fought together in the past. They took on basically what is now Millennium during World War II. Um, and they were kind of comrades in arms, and they really trust each other. Yeah. Um, Alucard, however, remarks that, like, hey, you've gotten old, you're not as strong as me. Yeah. Um, and so there's this whole uh, past that we don't really get to see a lot of, but they definitely reference throughout the show. And I was really attached to Walter. Yeah, um, Walter. I was really attached to Walter because he's... He fits that archetype very, very well, where he does feel so loyal, and it's like, oh man, he would do anything for Helsing. Like, um, when he, the leader of Helsing, uh, Sir Integra Fairbrook, Fairbrook yeah. Wingate's Helsing. Long name. Yeah, long name. Uh, favorite character in the show, though. Oh, yeah, she's great. Uh, she really leans on him. Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, she's like, uh, she trusts him the most, pretty much. Right, right, because Alucard is, is so powerful that. Not that she doesn't trust Alucard, and not that she doesn't use him as a weapon, but I think there's this, this just kind of chaotic beast-like nature of Alucard. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas Walter is presented as more of this. She's calm... he, well, or Alucard's much more of a tool for her. Exactly. I mean, they do have a relationship, yeah, of course, but Walter seems much more like a close, trusted friend. Exactly. I completely agree. Um, but the thing about Walter that we're we're building up toward is, uh, in the back half of the show. All of a sudden, he just betrays Alucard and Helsing and is is working with Millennium. And the doctor does this hasty procedure to return Walter's youth to him. And, f- like, for a long time, all while he was serving Helsing, all while he was alongside Alucard, he was planning on fighting Alucard like th- this was his scheme all along is what yeah. he says and <laughs> it just feels like it comes out of nowhere what do you There's... mean feels like it does it does it does exactly <laughs> i was just like what yeah that's a... why exactly. is this happening it comes out of nowhere there's like a before and an after and it could be amazing it could be this really great twist and i think something that makes it even more painful is like i really got a sense from uh, Integra Fairbrook Wingate's Helsing that she was crushed by this. Yeah. That it really devastated Betrayal. her. Yeah. That it, uh, that it, uh, totally destroyed, um, like, what, and I think why that was so effective is that character, uh, Integra, throughout the entire series, she doesn't crack from anything. No. I mean, she doesn't have the no. powers of vampires like Ceres or Walter or Alucard. She, in any situation, despite being a normal human, despite, like, being attacked by vampires or ghouls or explosions happening all around her or getting shot at, she keeps her composure. She just will light up a cigar and yeah, deal with the, the situation. Love it. Uh, Remind me of Big Boss every time. Yeah, just just completely cool and calm. And here's the one moment where you can tell that she's shaking a little bit. And I liked that a lot. Um, and I wish they would have presented it in a way that that could have like reverberated more than it did. Mm-hmm. Um and because of that, like, Walter, this character that I really liked, becoming kind of this revenge-seeking super weapon that has this this climactic battle with Alucard, it kind of just, it just, it felt so flat that it kind of ruined the character for me a little bit. Yeah, it felt really weird. I wish they didn't do that, honestly. Yeah. If, uh, if they did it, though, I wish it did have more building up to it instead of just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Felt really rushed. I guess that's problem you can only do a certain amount of episodes but i don't know what it's like in the manga so sure um we've been very critical of helsing ultimate uh and i i definitely have things that i want to talk about that i really liked um that we've already kind of touched on Mm -hmm. but i want to ask you what are the things that you enjoyed most about Helsing i loved the relationship between alucard and um anderson the rivalry they had oh man Anderson is somebody that should have been brought up along before this because he's one of the best he's characters like in the show. A, one of, like, him and Alucard are the best parts of that show, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... A paladin. Yeah. So what makes uh, Anderson so good? So everyone in this show is a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Every character is a psychopath. Alucard's a psychopath, and Anderson is also a psychopath mm-hmm. who is so into the idea of, like, 
killing heathens and anyone who goes against the Catholic Church. And Alucard is like the perfect representation of what he hates. And Alucard loves Anderson because he he wants a worthy opponent. Like sure. throughout the show, Alucard always just wants a worthy opponent. And he finally gets an Anderson, dude. Yeah. It's like the destined battle they want. Oh my god, and they're they have like the completely different, unique fighting styles. Mm-hmm. Anderson's all close quarters. He uses like ho- holy bayonets. He always yep. does these cool spells, like mm-hmm. like these prayers and like that. Alucard just uses the guns. The showdowns they have is really awesome. Super violent their fights. Yeah. Uh, the my favorite moment between Anderson and Alucard facing off is when Anderson gets his arm almost blown off. Mm-hmm. It's just like basically hanging, hanging by yeah. a thread. And Alucard is taunting him about his arm, and Anderson is, you know, is like, you know what, screw it, and bites his arm and uses it anyway, like, mm-hmm. like just, it just refuses to let yeah. even his arm being blown off be a problem. Like, probably my favorite, most badass moment of the yeah, entire oh series uh, for me. So cool, yeah, love it, dude. So good, and I like the like uh, him interacting with the Catholic Church and everything like that. Yeah. How he's kind of like sent out as their angel of death almost, and the budding head, I like the budding heads between the Catholic Church. What was the the other character's name with the ponytail? I forgot his name too. Sorry, uh, I haven't written. No, uh, Enrico Maxwell. Yeah, they were kind of relationship with like him on a power trip, kind of wanting to become. I think he wanted to become like the new pope almost. Yeah, so Mac- Maxwell, kind of the the head of the Vatican here, uh, is on this power trip and is kind of trying to use. Uh, Anderson and and people below him as pawns, and Anderson is like, you have you have no power over yeah, me. Yeah, you can't stop me. Your 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 idea of power is just a lie. All I care about, my single purpose, is to be a weapon of God. Yep. And I think that is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, that separate section. I think they're all paladins, like Anderson and his like uh, little group below him. Mm-hmm. Their kind of thing. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think why. Anderson is so good and why we can be so enthusiastic about it is because I feel like Anderson doesn't have any of those moments for me that stick out and I'm like, wait, what's going on here? Why are you why, doing this? Why, yeah, why are you doing yeah. this? Why Why did this come out of left field? Why didn't you spend more time developing this? How they present Anderson is he wants to be a weapon of God no matter the cost. He views himself kind of as this rival, as the person who will take Alucard down. Mm-hmm. And that's it. They don't overcomplicate it. Yep. They don't throw in Keep it weird simple, backstory stuff. It's just like, this is Anderson. And I think kind of with the high-intensity battle-after-battle vibe of Helsing Ultimate, he fits the best with that. With the show, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just... He's he's the purest vehicle for the pace that mm-hmm. Helsing Ultimate is constantly trying to drive forward, and I like that so 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 much. Um, yeah, he does that sick pose, like holding the bayonets. He does yep. his like prayer and everything like that. So rad. Yeah, and I think again, kind of echoing that same point with Anderson. That's why I like Integra so much. Is she is this stalwart defender of London. She will do it no matter what. She doesn't waver from that. Yeah. There's no bullshit. She comes from this family. She's going to do right by that family. And uh, that's it. And th- th- that's not to say that she's not an interesting character. There are moments that surprise me mm-hmm. that I thought were in line with that character, in line with everything they presented before, um, but kind of showed a different side. And the scene I'm referencing specifically is Saris refuses to drink blood. Yep. She doesn't... I think the, the impression that I got is that she kind of was struggling with being a vampire. Oh, she yeah, didn't yeah. want to be a monster like that. Yeah. And so what Integra does is to kind of, like, satiate her hunger. She cuts her finger, mm-hmm. and in this very sensual scene, uh, Ceres licks the blood off of her finger. Yep. And it's so good because it's... It's reaffirming so many things and developing Ceres in, like, a simple way that I just wish they would have done a lot more of, where it's like, no, like, yes, I respect you, Ceres, but you serve me. I'm your boss. Like, yep. you you are powerless against me. Such a cool boss, dude. Yeah, such a cool such boss. Such a badass, dude. Right, oh, and uh, you are also powerless against, like, your own desires. Like, I, I respect you you know, trying to fight it, but this this is That's who you are now. You have to accept it. Um and really struggling with that uh, that essence of 
being a vampire. Uh, how did you feel? We've we kind of talked about the fight scenes and characters uh, being blown apart, but how did you feel about um, the animation in general and the music in general and just the overall presentation? Uh, the music doesn't stand out to me that much. Mm. I, I, I kind of like recognized a few tracks when I would be hearing, like especially mm-hmm. a lot of the combat. But um, I thought the animation was really great. Mm-hmm. It seemed super high budget, which was really nice. Very consistent. Like we said, especially with three different studios on it. Yeah. Like, that that uh, this series is, like, really fun to watch. Yeah. Like, we have problems with it, but it's super fun to watch. Yeah, I absolutely. I think uh, as long as we're kind of on the t- subject, like, the overall takeaway of the show is... It didn't blow me away. I don't view it as legendary. No. But man, it was entertaining. Yeah, man, it man, was, it was fun. fun. Yeah. And like, yes, there are all these criticisms that you can throw at it. But I think overall, I enjoyed my time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going back to the animation and really quickly touching on the music, uh, I agree that it's not music that's going to be playing in my head or that's going to stick with me a long time or that I'm going to pull up on YouTube or anything like that. But I think kind of the the orchestral bombast uh, that they're going for with the soundtrack and Helsing Ultimate is perfect with it like fit, you know sure. london bird yeah and so i i liked that i thought it was i thought it was fine i thought it was appropriate uh the animation specifically we talked about the fights but i also want to talk about their presentation of alucard mm-hmm. holy goddamn! Like when you animating. yeah oh, when so, you yeah. when you present this figure that has all of these different souls that is this demon that is this beast the way that he the 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 like shadow of him the figure of him contorts and twists and the things that come out of him i think when you make a character where it's like hey they're extremely powerful they've absorbed all these souls they're they're unpredictable you have to have the visuals be so exaggerated and so impactful and so bold in order to emphasize mm-hmm. that and i think that's something that that like helsing ultimate does oh my if, god yeah if nothing else just watching Alucard surprise you and reveal another side of his power mm-hmm. during a fight and how like menacing that feels purely from a visual yeah. standpoint is so so They do a good so job good. of like making the characters feel terrified too. Oh yeah. Like when the Valentine brother like finally gets him to do that kind of stuff like that. The guy is panicked, tries to run out, freaks out. Yeah. It's good stuff. It is very good stuff. Um I'm trying to think of other things that we could talk about. There, there are different parts of the story that we could talk about, kind of revelations at the end um, with the major. Uh, I guess one point that I want to bring up that I think Helsing Ultimate is smarter about than other shows that have very, very, very strong protagonists is the way that Alucard is eventually kind of taken down by Millennium. I thought it was very smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was really cool. Oh, uh, I'm trying to remember the the kid's name. Yeah, the weird Schrodinger. Schrodinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuts his like head off and like into the blood of Alucard. Right. I was super confused. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, what the hell's going on? Right sure. Now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, with Alucard, he he has he's consumed all of these these people. He has all of these lives, and so he's just he's he's not actually but practically immortal mm-hmm. and so the way millennium the way the, the major thinks about it is you have this character schrodinger obviously a very on the nose reference to schrodinger's cat um who can basically be everywhere and nowhere at the same time and that is done by all of the random appearances like schrodinger keeps popping up at, at different like points throughout shot the series. At, like integra just shoots him in the head like immediately right and so <laughs> You have this character that kind of is is this omnipresent dude. Yeah. And the way there's this point where uh Alucard is kind of like sucking all of this blood into him. And Schrodinger cuts off his head and allows himself to be absorbed by Alucard. Yeah. And what this does, the reason why it takes down Alucard is it's like this paradoxical thing where you have this character that can be everywhere and nowhere as long as it has a sense of self does it have a sense of self within alucard like how does that work how do you absorb that and so that is what eventually kind of like it it breaks the chain of alucard and allows him to be taken down and i thought that was like oh that's a really clever twist it's Mm -hmm. you know it's not the we're just gonna have somebody that's just as strong as you kind of thing yeah uh because there is no one yeah and i I guess there's really not much to dig into, but I just appreciate that you have 
the major, and I think, again, the, the characters that resonate with me most strongly is where every part of them is kind of centered around this core theme. And the major is somebody who, the way they describe it is somebody who looks like a monster but is human, and Alucard is somebody that looks like a human but is a monster. And it's kind of this this idea of what is it to be human, mm-hmm. like, what is so disgusting about Alucard is that he's not even really his own person anymore. And despite Millennium creating all of these vampires, doing all of this stuff, they, he refuses to succumb to that. He refuses to alter himself. He wants to be who he is no matter what. He wants to follow his own will. And so it's that idea versus Alucard where it's just, I'm going to consume as much as possible. Yeah. Um, and the way that he takes him down is so interesting. Um, and that, that again, going back to Anderson... That's something that I really like about Anderson as well, where uh, Alucard is practically begging him not to thrust the nail into himself and become a monster. Yep. He's like, Anderson, you are the you are like the one who can defeat me. A human must defeat me. Alucard is like crying out about this. Uh, and again, kind of what we were talking about with Integra and Walter, uh, where she felt shook, this character who was was basically indomitable for the rest of the series. That was a moment for me where Anderson was becoming a monster. Where I'm like, oh, Alucard is sh- is shaken. Where you have this character who is so overpowered, like so such a huge demon that there th- th- that facade is is cracking a little bit. They're they're suffering a little bit here. And I thought it was such a good moment, so powerful, the culmination of Anderson's character, kind of the culmination of of Alucard's mm-hmm. character. And I wanted, I guess, more moments like that. More humanizing moments for Alucard. Sure. Maybe that could have happened like you said, uh if they were presenting like the backstory of Alucard a little bit better. Yeah, I wish we saw more when he was like when he was actually Dracula in Romania, kind of thing like that going through the war. Sure impaling of people like that i wish there was just a little more of that um so we spent a lot of this episode talking about more of stuff flashbacks more backstory that sort of thing what do you think about the idea that the vibe that i kind of get from helsing ultimate is that it's so kind of obsessed with being in the moment kind of throwing you into this power struggle between these forces and just focusing on that and and not letting its scope go sure. outside of that. What do you think of that argument? I think that's a I think that's a fair point. They kind of like hint at this bigger universe, mm-hmm. but they just really focus on this little tiny thing the whole time mostly. Do you think they do a good job of being in the moment? I was usually in the moment with them. Okay. When it was in the moment, I was usually with them until the end. I got confused. I was like, what the hell's going on here? Do you think that's because at the end they tried to throw too much in at once? Maybe. I think I was just feeling fatigue from the arc. It was just seemed like it went on way too long to me. I felt like they could have chopped it down a little bit. Sure. Um, speaking of chopping it down, let's talk about the length of Helsing Ultimate. So yeah. each of these episodes, is, is it anywhere from like around 40, 43 minutes to an hour? Yeah, the last one's like an hour or something. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the, the, the length. Did you feel like with these 10 episodes with that amount of time that it was too long, that it was just right, that they used essentially that hour I effectively? Think, I think the time was right, but just the pacing of it kind of a little. I know Mike hates that word, pacing issues. Yeah. I just Sometimes I just wish it kind of like moved forward a little more sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or when it's something was interesting to me, they just kind of moved from away from it and never went back to it. Sure. Um... The thing that I struggle with, not just with anime, but with video games, uh, is I think sometimes when you're doing a critical discussion, it's hard to convey, like, oh, man, like, I still think it's entertaining, but I have this laundry list of problems. Yeah. Um, Because the things that I liked about Helsing Ultimate, I feel like, are so easy to describe. It's like, hey, do you like ultra violence do you like a gothic atmosphere do you like badass characters like it, there's there's not much for me to say yeah. about the things that really resonate with me about helsing ultimate but i feel like it's easier to elaborate on the things, things that, that i didn't yeah. like um because it's harder to go super in depth about just like violence sometimes yeah especially when we're talking about that because when we could talk about like specific character moments we can get into that and how it ties in but it's like the show. This show's strength is just like the animation and the violence and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Like we cannot understate that. But it makes it seem like I feel like it seems like 
we hate this more than we do. Yeah, that's the vibe I'm getting to. Definitely, it's like uh, I, I like this. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to put that on you. I'm no, 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 yeah, to... I'm just like thinking about when we're talking about this. But it's like, it's like, yeah, the the action's awesome, the mm-hmm. animation's awesome. Yeah, and I also always agree with the sentiment that, hey, if you're gonna bother to criticize something so much and detail it out and be like, okay, I didn't like this, 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 and this, make a whole list of things rather than just saying this sucked or this was awful, this yeah. is worth your time. I think that means it's because you liked it. I think it means because yeah. there was something yeah, 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 that you yeah. found in it that, that you thought was good and you just want it to be even better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's where we're coming from and that's that's definitely what yeah. I want to emphasize. And <laughs> I want to be careful here because I liked it so much that I want to see essentially different versions of it. I would, oh, li- I would like. I want. I would like to read the manga. Uh, I would like to see the original TV series. Mm-hmm. I would like to see like how that ended with its yeah. own protagonist and the different direction. It did not end like this. Right. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. I want. I want to see how that goes and compare them. Like I feel invested enough in this. Helsing Ultimate showed me enough that I want to know more. Now, with everything else that we have going on, I don't know when that's going to happen. But <laughs> I do just want to the say like, the there. feeling is there. The yeah, interest, interest is, is there. there. And so that is Helsing Ultimate. Yeah. Fun watch, man. Yeah, I, I think that is watching it. I think that is probably our most critical easy anime so far. Yeah, from a good place though. Yeah, critical from a good place. And I think that's good. I I, I would hate every single easy yeah. anime to be like I would recommend nonsense. it to yeah. watch. I would recommend it to watch like with caveats. It's not like, mm-hmm. oh hey, you have to watch this immediately right now. Don't yeah, worry yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. There's nothing to complain about, kind of thing. Um all right. Let's move on to recommendations. Oh, yeah. Do you want to go first? Or do you yeah, want me I'll to go first. first. Okay. I don't know if I brought this up. I can't remember. But I'm going to bring out the big gun. Okay. The broad scope. Naruto. Okay. Bring it out, Naruto. I know some people don't like Naruto, but whatever, dude. Naruto's fun and jolly. I like all the characters in Naruto. Okay. I'm super attached to them. I love Naruto as a character. Yeah. The arcs he goes through with his team. I love all that. I love the universe. I love Akatsuki. I love all that stuff. I love ninjas. How can you not love that? So mm-hmm. real sick characters in this show. That's what sets us apart for me is uh, the characters. I know a lot of people complain about the filler. I read mostly Naruto, so I don't. I didn't. I didn't see a lot of that filler. I would skip all that. Yeah. Skip it. But a uh, really cool story. Good payoff, I think, in the end. I don't know. Like, and there's Boruto now. I've seen one episode of that. Yeah. Seemed alright. But uh, yeah, Naruto, super fun. Your typical shonen uh, manga. But I think with a pretty strong cast. Um, so the thing with shonens that are as big as Naruto mm-hmm. is uh, there's there's a lot of stories. There's kind of something that they build up forever and then it finally pays off. And so my question to you is, as somebody who's seen all of Naruto and Shippuden, mm-hmm. uh, do you think that like it starts strong, remains strong despite how gargantuan it is, or are there a lot of like, whoa, okay, this like outside of the filler, obviously. Um, it stayed strong for me. Okay. Consistently. It worked for you. And yeah. and what would you say is the biggest reason that it stayed strong for you? The characters. Okay. The relationship between all the characters. Really great, unique characters I felt like in this show that set them apart. Like it sets up a really cool world of painting this world full of ninjas with the different abilities, everything like that. Not everyone looks like a total human or something. So giant shark man out there, which is super rad. Mm-hmm. Love Kisame. But I think it's the characters, the relationship between uh, spoilers. The show is about a rivalry mostly between Naruto and Sasuke, mm-hmm. and I think it's a really great rivalry. Like one of my favorite rivalries, actually. Okay. With a good payoff. Uh, <clears throat> I got to like somewhere around episode fifty with the original Naruto, mm-hmm. and. I've said this before, but man, I love Rock Lee. Who doesn't love Rock uh, man, Lee? Man, I love Rock, Rock Lee. Lee and Guy are 10 out of 10s. Anytime I think about Naruto, that is the immediate thought like, that pops into my head. Dynamic entry is one of my favorite things. Is is Rock Lee. Yeah. It's just when Guy comes out and goes, Dynamic entry! Kicks him into the face. It's yep. so good. Uh, they just sold his struggle so well. That's what this does. Like, I, I just... It hit me. It hit like, me like a 10 ton. The one criticism I, I will give part two is part two kind of like drifts away from a lot of those characters more. Mm-hmm. Like they're still there, but they're not as much the focus. The yeah. focus is more Naruto and Sasuke in part two. Yeah. Uh, you actually made me 
think of a another question with Naruto that I want to sure. throw at you. Uh, so I'm watching Dragon Ball Super right now. Yeah. And I'm really liking Dragon Ball Super. I finished the Universe 7, Universe 6 tournament that they're going in. I'm just getting started on the Future Trunks saga. Dude, Beerus and Champa? Yes. Ten. They're great. Ten they're ten. absolutely yeah. great. And yeah, that, that actually is, is the point I'm trying to make. I think Dragon Ball Super works because... You have this like natural escalation with Dragon Ball Super, right? Where it's like, like Goku and Vegeta are literally gods now. Yep. They're divine beings. Yeah. They're going across <laughs> universes to to find uh, stronger opponents. Because like, what else do you do with Goku and Vegeta? You, yeah. you think about where have aliens now. Right, right. So when you're when you're that ridiculous, I think. If you take it too seriously, it starts to suck. Like everything that they're introducing in Dragon Ball Super, the way Goku is acting constantly, uh, the way like Monica is a really funny character, Beerus and Whis, their relationship yeah. with each other and with food, where like there's kind of like, yes, there are gods fighting, but we have plenty of room to be lighthearted and fun. Yeah. And wrapping this all back around, that's something I think Naruto does really yeah. well. Yeah. Like Naruto is just a goofball. He's fun to interact yeah. with. Oh, yeah. It's a good balance. I think he's Sasuke. a great character to root for. And I think he has good development. I like his development as a character. Absolutely. I think it's relatable, which is great. Like, I mean, shonen protagonists are supposed to be relatable, obviously. Right. Uh, But my my question to you is, as the show evolves, and particularly with uh, Shippuden, where Mm -hmm. you have these, the the battles get more grandiose. Mm -hmm. Powers get higher. Higher, yeah. Uh, Does it still kind of, is it able to keep that relatable, lighthearted element? Uh, sometimes like the last <laughs> half or Excuse like me. the like the the final arc is definitely more serious but there's definitely you know your your lighthearted comedic moments which are great okay so you're saying that like naruto ship it in they go together great i mean you like the whole it's beginning it's, it's part one part two i sure. think they go well together they're different but i think they go well to each other and complement each other appropriately great um my recommendation is <laughs> a little lame because what I'm going to do is kind of... Dude, I just bust out Naruto. What do you mean? Well, okay. A little lame. Like, I took the easy way. The 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 way that I kind of have viewed recommendations before, and maybe this isn't the right way to do it, is, like, they're good motivation for me to kind of really branch out mm-hmm. and, and talk about something that we haven't talked about on the show before, I haven't talked about with Easy Allies before. And I've been kind of fascinated by Perfect Blue for a long time. I don't know what that is. Uh, so it's this... I don't really want to get into it right okay. now because okay. when I actually do watch it, that's when we'll we'll okay. talk about it and, and elaborate on all those things. Uh, but uh, I watched the so this guy I really like this YouTuber, Super Eye Patch Wolf, uh, who I said Wolf, Wolf, sorry, <laughs> old GT meme. Uh, but he's super good. He does nice. really great analysis. He's a very intelligent guy. I love his videos. Cool. Uh, he talks about anime. He talks about video games. A whole bunch of things. I highly recommend you guys check him out if you haven't already. Uh, but he did a video about Perfect Blue, and it seemed fascinating to me. And so I wanted to watch it because I think it's only like an hour and twenty minutes. Uh, I wanted to watch it and talk about it on this recommendation part. But like. It's really expensive to get a physical copy, Ooh. and I can't find anywhere to stream it or rent it. Oh. And, like, Yikes. yes, I could go through, like, backdoor shady, shady business. shadier methods, but I really don't like doing that. Mm-hmm. And so, if you know of a good way to watch this movie that's, like, legal and not going to, like, bankrupt me it won't bankrupt me obviously but i don't i don't want to spend like we'll a take certain, that hit yeah yeah i don't want to take that hit that's a better way of saying yeah. uh let me know because i really want to watch it i want to talk about it on on either the show for a full full episode or at least for a recommendation so perfect blue uh my actual recommendation last time i talked about made in abyss okay i have watched all oh, of the episodes okay. Okay. of made in abyss i've finished made in abyss uh Main Abyss is one of those shows where I think it's really easy to just be completely hyperbolic, but it is is it absolutely true. Like I, I don't know, I can't remember the last time an anime hit me so hard emotionally. Whoa! And where this show starts for the first few episodes, um, you have these kids who want to go through this mysterious abyss full of monsters and danger. And it, it, it does seem threatening. They do a good job of selling that early on. But by and large, it, it sort of feels like your standard fantasy. Kids are going to go achieve their dreams and experience unexpected hardship and grow as a result. It is way more than that. Great. It is, it is so... It, it basically turns into a horror show. Oh, my God. At a point. Um, oh but no. it's it's not that, like... 
It's not that Doki Doki Literature Club kind of horror where it just like Don't turns, tell me what that is. It just turns and it's so sharp and suddenly you're in this nightmare. No, it's I not don't that. know that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just trying to illustrate <laughs> okay, okay, the point. Okay, okay, okay. For the show, for the show. For the show. For the show. I'm sorry. That was probably unnecessary, but anyway. It's okay. It's not that, it's not that sharp turn. It is, is gradual and realistic and believable um, and... The more that you learn about the abyss, the more that you learn about the two lead characters, the more you learn about the the past and their mother. It is just amazing. The animation is amazing. The story is amazing. Yeah. Like, this is a show that like you should take your cue and throw it in the trash if you haven't watched Big oh Abyss. This is like number one top priority, ten out of ten. Good five Lord. stars, masterful. It's very, very good. And so now that I've finished it, I feel even more strongly about it than I did the last time I did the recommendation. And so I want to nice. get up here and say that. So uh, that will be the first 2018 episode of Easy Anime. Books. In the uh, books. Dude, let's tease the up and coming series. The series we're going to talk about. There's two we have in mind. Well, I want to be careful because there's two we have in mind, but we haven't actually decided what they're going to be. Okay. I mean... I think... Tease them. Give them a little tease. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that a series that we talked about that has gods in it that we talked about this episode is something that we want to do, something that not only Brad and I have watched, but other another yeah. ally has watched that we, we would like to do an episode on that and at some point a in the future. Relatively new series that came out. Yeah. That me and Ben know nothing about. Yeah, we don't know anything about it. it has a goofy name. Yeah, what is that name? Uh, Devil Man Crybaby? Yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> I always forget. Yeah. I always just want to say Devil May Cry. Right. Uh, I thought that's what you were, when you, because what happened is before we shot this, I came in and you're like, Devil Man Crybaby? I'm like, is he talking about Devil May Cry? Because there's an anime for Devil yeah, May yeah, Cry. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, is that what he's talking about? And you're like, no, it's this new Netflix thing. And I had never heard of it. I don't know anything yeah. about it. Um, but you're saying it's people, it's people hot are right talking now. about it. It's hot. It's the first I've heard of it, and so yeah. uh, something I would like to do with this show, and I think you feel this way too, is that we would like to do a little bit better about uh, keeping up with things that are Absolutely. actually airing Absolutely. And, and making it a little bit more relevant that way. Um, we don't know when either of those episodes is nope. going to happen. but uh, On the horizon, though. When sometime. we when we figure it out, when we work out that scheduling, we'll, let we'll you tell know. you. But yeah. And uh, yeah, that'll be it for... The first 2018 Easy Anime. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you're not too mad at us if you love Helsing and all the, the I like Helsing. That we said about it. I but. like Helsing. Yeah, I like it too. All right, everybody. See you next time.